welcome to Healthy Not Hungry, the bite-sized podcast all about redefining what healthy actually means. I'm your host, nutritionist and personal trainer, Rachel Doss. Here's what's on today's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Not Hungry. I'm your host, Rach. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited because today I'm sharing an interview with my friend and naturopath, Courtney Lloyd. We've been friends since uni and she is fantastic at what she does and hugely passionate about all things naturopathy and health. So I can't wait to share this with you and I really hope that you gain something from this and would love to hear your feedback on it. So that being said, we're going to get straight into it. Enjoy. Hey, Court. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you here. I'm so excited for our chat. So to begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and just introduce yourself to everyone listening? Um, so I am a naturopath. So I've been a naturopath so for about 10 years, I'd say. So I did like five years of study and then I've been qualified for about five or six. So it's like 10 years in total. Um, so I studied at Endeavour College of Natural Health. So I did a Bachelor of Health Science that was like majoring in naturopathy. And um, I currently work for myself and own my own business. Amazing. For everyone listening, Cord and I actually met at uni. We were buddies in some kind of I don't know. It was like nutrition classes, I think. Some some kind of nutrition class. But yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's how we met, which is really cool. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, because it's a really common question that I hear all the time, can you briefly explain what a naturopath does and why someone would see one? Yeah. So um, I definitely get that question like quite a lot or even throughout my studies, a lot of people would say what even is like a naturopath or things like that. Um, like obviously a lot of people know what like osteos are physios and things like that but a naturopath is someone that wants to get to the root cause of what an issue is so uh, for example say you're someone that's experiencing uh, headaches um, you go to your local GP your GP says um, do you just take Panadol does that work yep okay move on um, but as a naturopath, we want to see where those like headaches are coming from. If it's from like a hormonal like headache, is it coming from like a food intolerance or all these other things? Because it's generally um, your body like letting you know that there's something not wrong, right going on. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is progression is um, like sometimes having like, yes, Panadol is good, but then also it's only giving that Band-Aid effect. So um, say if it is something hormonally and you've just taken Panadol, you'll start to get other symptoms coming along like in the months or like years coming that are letting you know that there's other things going and you don't want to keep slapping Band-Aids on all these symptoms. You want to like get to what that issue was. So we want to try and like uh, prevent like the progression of disease and things like that. So trying to better everyone's health before it becomes worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Nutrition obviously is very similar. Um, yeah. where same thing, you're looking at a holistic perspective. So you're trying to fix the root cause, not just the symptoms. And obviously if you can fix the root cause, well, it should fix the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like we try and do that with using like nutrition. So like our degree is very like uh, heavily nutrition based as well. Like I said, yeah. we obviously cross classes together at uni um, and then using uh, herbs in addition. So that could be in like liquid form or like hard pressed capsule uh, uh, tablets or capsules, um, teas, a few different things like that, topical creams, um, but also adding in like that 
lifestyle and diet aspect as well. So it's looking at those other aspects of your life. So um, it could be, um, say, something you're exposed to environmentally wise, like um, you work at like a petrol station or things like that that could be causing like referring to those headaches and things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a cool thing to be. So what made you want to be a naturopath? So this is like an interesting thing. So I actually didn't even know what a naturopath was myself when I was younger. Um, When I was in about year 11, 12, I thought about studying nutrition, but I kind of at that time thought, because this is probably like 15 years ago now, at that time thought, you know, I would only be kind of dealing with like potential like weight management and like diabetes and I was like hang on that doesn't really interest me so I went and became a hairdresser which is completely opposite mm-hmm. um when I was hairdressing I started to get sick um so then I was going to doctors and specialists and not really getting answers um and then my mum was like okay maybe you should go to a naturopath and I was like what even is a naturopath and I went to one and I actually hated it <laughs> and I didn't like it at all um the lady wasn't very like open to things like she was very like strict on which things weren't probably achievable at that age of like 18, 19 kind of thing. Um, And then I progressed to still be sick. And then I was like, okay, I'll give it a go and go to another naturopath. So I went to another naturopath and I absolutely loved it. She understood, um, you know, because obviously I lived at home that time, some of my dietary things, I couldn't like whole and solely change. My parents cooked for me, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, she understood that and took that into consideration. And I um, got really, really good results with her. Um, shout out to Kate Murray. So she <laughs> is the naturopath that I saw. And then it did a full circle because she went on maternity leave like two years ago. And she asked me to work for her when she was on maternity leave. So Aww. that was like a full circle of me doing that but it was me in my own um sickness and that was probably just from the toxic load of like chemicals from like hairdressing and things like that that was making me sick um that I didn't realize um that was slowly like giving me like headaches impacting my hormones impacting uh impacting my gut health and all of those different things um and then I moved to the Gold Coast and was like I don't think I want to hairdress anymore why don't I become a naturopath so that was definitely my story. And then there's another point in my life where I was getting sick with a cold and I went to a pharmacy and was like, do you have something? I feel like I'm getting sick that I can take. And the like pharmacy or pharmacy assistant said, no, you'll just have to wait till you get sick before I can give you like, like codrol or something like that. And that was another really like big flag for me that I was like, why do I have to wait? Like, is there not something that I can be doing to assist my immune system which now since COVID is very like aware of that but this was like 10 years ago and it, I was like that can't be right I can't just wait to get sick like but now obviously I have that knowledge of I should have been pumping like bone broth vitamin C zinc like yeah. all these things but I was just in shock like she was like no you just have to wait till you get sick before you can take something like yeah like yeah. why should you have to settle for that of like wait till it's too late like why can't yeah yeah and like, then... that's so common though like there's a lot yeah. of people I think who've probably had similar experiences and they're like hang on a minute but I mean it's cool to know too that the first naturopath you saw you didn't like because I think sometimes yeah. you like finding the right practitioner suited to you it's like a pair of shoes right or a friendship like not not every pair fits or is comfy and suits you. Like you need to find someone who you gel with and who 
understands yeah. you and you click with and you feel that they're the right fit for you. So definitely that's encouraging. Like if you are someone out there and you've tried yes. any kind of alternative therapy and you had a really bad experience, don't let that be your only experience of that therapy. Always seek someone else because you might have a completely different experience. Yeah, like my experience was completely different, completely different. And that's the thing I find a lot with like alternate health. People kind of do, they're already like hesitant to try it like I was. Hesitant to try it, then they have a bad experience and then they're like, no. But then like myself, it's generally when you're like so sick and you're not getting answers, you're desperate and then you try again. And that's what I even say to some of my patients like, um, like I won't be offended or anything like that if you even wanted to try another one. But also I have patients come to me and they say, oh, I tried a naturopath like five years ago, but I can't really remember what they gave me or what happened. And it wasn't necessarily a negative experience, but obviously they're giving it a go again with just a different practitioner. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. I get that all the time with um, nutrition and PT clients too, yeah. especially PT clients. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. so many bad stories. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for another time. Really like it. It's always a good <laughs> reminder that maybe you just haven't had the right person. So yeah. don't give yeah. up on it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I definitely try and be very considerate of. Like I definitely know even when I was like at uni, there'd be people that would be like, they need to do this and need to be 100% strict before they'll get results. And I do understand that, but you also do need to be considerate of that patient mightn't have like that time to be able to do that. So trying to give them other solutions or letting them know it might be like slower recovery um, just because they're not going hard and fast with that. And that's what I try and um, always reassure people and like see their side of things that yes, I'm telling them that potentially need to um, do something, but uh, is it achievable? Which is probably like you too with um, like nutrition. Is it achievable for them? You want them to have results, but also you want them to be able to at least do it. Well, yeah, like don't get me wrong. There's the ideal treatment plan for the ideal client, but 99% of the time that's not going to fit. Like it'd be lovely if it was. And occasionally you will get a gem that comes along who can stick to everything 100% as yeah. the best, like I guess, treatment regime you could come up with. But yeah. Yeah, it's life and it's the phases that we're in and 99% of people can't live up to that, which is okay. It's being open-minded in the beginning, understanding that and working with it rather than against it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. And it's definitely not that cookie-cutter approach where you're like, okay, this is I'm going to give you this and it's going to work for you because it worked for like the last four people. It's definitely not like that, which I find sometimes in mainstream medicine, they go, yep, so we've given this to someone for their period cycle, so we'll keep giving you this type of feel kind of thing, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, like everyone's genetics are so different and unique, so how can you expect the treatment to suit the same for everyone? It just does not work that way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, it's good to know that. So when it comes to naturopathy, what is your main passion? So my main passion is probably female hormones, so then that flows into looking at, like, um hormone imbalance so that could be through like thyroid it could be things like pcos endometriosis but also um heavily infertility so i see a lot of um like preconception or fertility patients um and then gut um is another thing that i love which i'm starting to see a little bit more of now and then more recently um starting to see chronic immunity issues so this is like post spicy flu where people are kind of like consistently like getting sick since they've had it 
Um, So definitely trying to assist people with that, which is very similar reflection as um, I'd say like kind of that chronic fatigue picture, which is like something recently that I've been seeing. Yeah. No, that's really, really cool. Um, What do you think sparked the passion? Was it because it was just something that interested you more or you saw a need or was there something that kind of sparked it? Yeah, I think it was something that I had like that spark or I've always been interested in like is there that gap between um, IVF um, before people jump to IVF, I should say, sorry. Um, And that was kind of something that I was interested at uni. And then when I first opened my practice, I saw heavily a lot of gut stuff and then it slowly transitioned now to probably um, being a female myself and then starting out to see people um, say for their gut health or their skin because they're about to get married and then they get married and then they're like, I want to have a baby kind of thing. So it's probably looking um, where it's kind of been drawn to me as well as where I had an interest in it and I like love to read up on it or read stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, it's always cool to see like what sparks where and I think sometimes it's seeing a need or like personal experience and there's always things that lead to us being more interested in one area rather than another. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how you get people drawn to you as well without even realising. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, you, you get led on these paths without even knowing, but it's cool. Um, so when it comes to hormone health, because obviously that is a big passion, so I'd definitely like to dive into that. Um, it's a huge health concern that a lot of females, particularly in our age bracket experience. So I myself, I'm 28, but like anywhere from, I mean, hormone health really affects from teenage years all the way up. Like it's, it's a never ending thing. But what I wanted to know is why is that? Um, I feel like a lot more in our generation and things like that, we're very into knowing like a little bit more like what's happening with our hormones and that, but I definitely feel like fertility is a massive thing of why people are like wanting to know um, more about their hormones and things like that. So I feel like there's this big fear about everyone being infertile. Um, I have so many patients that are told at 18 by a doctor that they'll have a very light chance of having a child and they end up having a child. So there's this big fear about infertility or their sister or their cousin or someone's like had to go through IVF or has had issues they had, you know, it took them two years to conceive and things. So I feel like it's spoken about a lot more with our generation versus say our parents' generation. Um, They weren't even really educated by their mums about their periods and cycles. Um, And I feel like uh, it's more because around them and there's a lot of people that are going through IVF and it's widely spoken about. So it's like that conversation that everyone's having now about it. But I also find um, girls now, you'll like hear them at the hairdressers or whatever talking about how their cycles changed or this or like they don't really know what's going on and they go to a GP and the GP kind of just says, okay, we'll put you on the pill. And that's not really fixing the issue it's just putting that band-aid on until they want to try and conceive Um, and I think that's what's sparking a lot more and there's a lot on social media now about um, you know irregular cycles and hormone imbalances where a lot of people kind of uh, the generation before didn't know about that because they just took the pill and they took the pill necessarily uh, more for like contraception reasons not for irregular periods and then they didn't even really talk about it it was kind of a little bit taboo to talk about um, periods and now it's like on social media it's on like TikTok it's on Instagram like you can learn about it everywhere it's very very open 
Yeah, I guess social awareness really has brought it up because even when I was 15, 16, I jumped on the pill for both like contraceptive reasons, like I had a serious boyfriend, but also um, because I was getting really heavy periods and it wasn't even like a question. Like it was kind of like mum's like jump on the pill. The doctor's like jump on the pill. And obviously I didn't question it because I was like, okay, well, I'm getting told to do this. Seems legit. Okay, let's go with it. Like it, there really wasn't anything to question why. And I think a lot of people in our generation had a really similar experience or maybe you were having acne breakouts or mood swings or like, irregularity like there's all I know so many people and like most people were chucked on the same pill too like stock standard leveling here you go yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely it leveling in the new one like I've noticed in the last say five years is like Yaz and I don't know it seems like it's a bit more expensive so I don't know if GPs are getting a kick back off that one but I'm finding a lot of mental health uh symptoms are coming with that one and it's not very good but there is still definitely a lot of like young girls that are getting like put onto the pill but it's always just that one friend in that one friendship group that goes no like the pill hasn't fixed this and I've like had enough and I'm sick of taking it and it hasn't fixed it so what's going on and they'll potentially see an naturopath um things will change or they come off the pill and they're like I can think clearer now like I've lost potentially a little bit of weight and they've fixed my cycle and I'm not having to take the pill or I recommend this like book for them to read And then they're like, tell their friends and their friends are like, I want to feel like that. So then another friend does it. And then kind of like the whole circle of friends are potentially doing it and talking about it too. Yeah, for sure. Well, I didn't know to even question it until I was at uni studying a Bachelor of Health Science and Nutrition. Yeah, no, I was pretty much the same. I was like, what? Like it just never occurred. And like, I know like I've I've tried all of them, especially like since having Holly. And obviously when you have one little one, you're a bit more concerned about (laughs) like, you know, it has, for me, it has been a need to be on something. And I guess it's like even the education around like, okay, if you need to be on something, that's totally fine. Cause like for the mental side of things, obviously family planning is very important or if it does regulate things, but there's obviously things you can do in conjunction with this to make sure you are supporting your hormones. Like you don't just have to jump on something, put up with bad uh, results isn't the right word, but you know, like bad symptoms and just like continue on. Like, yes, if you need to be on something understood, like you can be on something, but there's always ways you can support your body while being on something, which I think is a less common, I guess, practice, but it does. Cause I think it's two things, either you're on it and you're clueless about it or you're off it because you know it's not great for you but then yeah what about the in-between who are like look I don't even want the risk of pregnancy right now so for my peace of mind I need to be on something but I also want to support myself I think there definitely needs to be more of that pushed forward of like you can do both I literally bang on about this all the time there's this massive gap in like education about your cycle so I talk to women in their 20s or their 30s and they have no idea when I say how long is your cycle length and they might say three to five days and they think that I'm talking about the days that they're bleeding not their full cycle or and I was probably the same with some of those things definitely um before I went to uni and studied um and then there's like uh when you're in high school you're taught about a period you're like yes you you get a period and this is what you do with it and um you use like like tampons pads like whatever period undies and things like that it'll happen once a month and why you get it is because you can get pregnant so there's none no information about really like like how long a cycle is 
that there's a time frame of where you can actually get pregnant, where you're like ovulating, what ovulation is, looking out for like discharge. So um, I understand when I talk to my clients and a lot of them, there's this missing educational link. It's like like some women think that they can get pregnant every day. And I'm like, no, you can't get pregnant every day. But also like it's not their fault. There's just this missing link. My school pushes more like sex education and not like, women's like education to know things about their body or why things are happening and that you know even probably with you being a PT like you know that someone's energy or like the weight that they can lift in different parts of their cycle if that makes sense um there's a lot of food intake yeah yeah calorie calories yeah yeah Yeah, there's definitely like that massive missing link in education there um and that's why i feel like to a lot of people just go on the pill because they're like i don't know and it's not really until they want to try having a kid that they've got to go back to square one and start like learning about okay when am i potentially ovulating like how long how early can i start testing to do a pregnancy test like do i have to wait till when i was like supposed to be bleeding and things like that and i really really push um a book called period Pair manual by Lara Bryden. So she's a naturopath. Um, and it's just like the basics. Um, yes, some it's um kind of layman knowledge, but there's also a little bit of knowledge that's probably a little bit harder to understand. But yeah. I find it's one of those books where I wish that I could go into high schools and give to every teenage girl and give to every mother and say, you should read this. So because I feel like even probably women or my like mum's age don't necessarily know how a cycle properly functions or what hormones are going up and down because they haven't really needed to know. They're just like, I'll take the pill and then that's how I'll do it and I'll take ovulation tests. And if it's on clear blue and smiley, like that's when I'll have unprotected sex. Like, yeah. Look, there's there's so much taboo and not known about the female body, but even like, like you know, when it comes to like sexually, like there's, yes. you know, there's so many girls who are like, I don't know what I enjoy, what I like, what sparks, yeah. and it's like because there's just no, there's there's been no normalization of like, you know, you can explore this and see yeah. what you like what you don't like. There's, I feel like things are changing though. Like I think definitely moving forward, especially like Holly's age, because she's five now. And when she's a teenager, I think there'll be so much more education and conversation out there, which yeah. I think is going to be really empowering and make a big difference. And definitely things with like TikTok and things like that. There's videos out there, but also you're that next generation that maybe has that a bit obviously in the area of work you are you've got that little bit of knowledge to to let her know so even if she has friends that don't have parents like you she can be telling her teenage friends like information about that which is like quite exciting um for that and like I said there's books and stuff out like now like the old books that that used to be when I was that young it was pretty much like a pamphlet from the doctors and that was like it and once again it was like high school where it was just like yep you get your period and you get your period because you can have a baby like so it's quite exciting to see what's to come oh it sounds so cliche but I'm like I'm gonna be the cool mum that holds to me and friends are gonna come talk to me because I want these conversations it's like now that I'm an adult have fantastic conversations with my mum I wish I yeah. had the conversations I have with her now when I was a teenager yeah yeah like I would have I was like yeah you that. won't have that awkward that. yeah yeah and no, now, same. Like, and now I have yeah a really great relationship and don't get me wrong I had a good relationship with her growing up but it's like she wasn't aware that she could possess that openness with me 
I think is mm-hmm. kind of what it came down to. And it's a generational thing once again, but like, I guess that's my, I want to be like a open door policy with Holland, be very brutally honest about my experiences of things. And even yeah. if it paint me in a bad light at times like but you know or she gets embarrassed you're like oh well she'll be super thankful for that maybe not right at the time you're telling the story but she'll think yeah no I'm glad that that that's that's happened kind of thing so because I've definitely heard stories like not necessarily my mums in particular but people from that generation where their mum was kind of like here's a pad this is like you know not even really telling them how to use it like kind yes. of thing and I think really that's not that long ago that that was happening so yeah well, and yeah men it's- knowing about periods now like I know yeah. that's like a really open thing um that's like changing too so that's yeah it's definitely exciting for the future oh yeah there's lots that's changing even things like you know going to the toilet in front of hole when is that time of the month like it sounds yeah. like invasive things but at her age it's not invasive like it's for her walking yeah. in on me on the toilet's pretty normal like yeah it's, like, yeah, yeah there's yeah. nothing weird about it at this point so it's like okay well if I don't hide away when I'm having to do these things she's yeah. growing up with it normalized as yeah. a normal thing that she's seen and to talk about and it's like already like we'll talk about it because our dog went on heat the other week and that's always a good one when pets do. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, this is a great learning opportunity. Cause like I briefly explained yeah. like what a period is. Cause she'll be like, oh, mommy, what are you doing? And I was yeah. like, every month, mommy bleeds because that's how I was able to grow you in my tummy. Yeah. And then when Bicky went through it, we explained it again. And like now she's got like a pretty good concept for a five year old of what happens as you grow up. Yeah. And there's no fear or like disgust in it. Like there's no disgust behind that. Yeah. Yeah. No no shame that's like um, associated with that, especially when you think how many women are in the population and that. And then, you know, we shouldn't feel ashamed of those things. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I like my privacy. Like sometimes I'll be getting (laughs) and I, I, you know, I, I don't really like being naked. So I'm someone who's like, I want to cover up <laughs> walking and she'd be like, you have big boobies, mom. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to die inside and cover up. But I'm also like, normalize, Rachel, normalize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because don't want to be As much as on the yeah. inside, I'm dying a little bit. Then yeah. he's going to grow up not seeing shame and embarrassment in these things. So when her body's changing, it's not going to be embarrassing for me to walk in and be like, oh, we should probably go bra shopping or, you know, like yeah, it's yeah, time yeah. to normalize these small little everyday things now so that yeah. she stays, I guess, open to it as she grows up. She's like fantastic, which I, I think is like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll still be the odd parent that won't, but I feel like that's probably the best thing with oh yeah and it's a conscious effort too like I said sometimes I I get embarrassed I'm like oh I want to hide yeah yeah and you're like I can't be yeah if I do hide away I'm going to continue the shame cycle of Holly being embarrassed when she goes through that phase yeah 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 it's it's a conscious one but um yeah (laughs) it is what it is so when it comes to hormone health where is the best place for someone to begin yeah no no I definitely feel like uh probably yeah seeing say a naturopath or potentially like an acupuncturist in that thing um if you're not needing like say for contraceptive reasons to um go on the pill and things like that there's things that can simply be fixed um say if it is like painful periods there's 
like things that we can do, like use magnesium. There's um, herbs that help with like cramping and smooth muscle relaxant, um, like acne. Like sometimes acne can be driven from your gut health and not just your hormones. And you could be on the pill and then it's like actually not, your acne is not going away because it's driven from something else. Um, also naturopaths can do like a bunch of bloods and look at your hormones. I find um, a lot of GPs kind of just recommend the pill and that's because um, they don't have any other tools in their tool bag. So I'm not trying to give like the pill like a full bad rap um, because it does sometimes like have its place. Um, but I find they there's no other medications out there directed for uh, say uh, like period pain. Like the pill was actually designed for contraceptive reasons, but they haven't gone and done research and putting it into other things, which is where a naturopath is fantastic for. Um, especially with like young girls, you don't want to be blocking their hormones um, when they're 16, 17, when their body's still developing, um, when it could be fixed with other things, if that makes sense, if they're not sexually active and um, things like that. But also there is like a, a temperature track method and things like that, which can be overwhelming for young people that naturopaths can um, also teach you about. Um, but like I was saying, uh, with Doctors, sometimes they don't do blood tests on your hormones that we can do like hormone testing and looking at like maybe it's like your progesterone's low, like um, going too low before you bleed and that's why you're getting breakouts or moods or headaches then and things like that. So I know it sounds a bit persuasive towards me, but I feel like um, uh, definitely even reading, like, like I said that book before, the period repair manual, which you can buy um, at like pretty much any bookstore. There was a period of time where it was at came out in a big W um, and just reading that up. And then I feel like it'll kickstart into potentially like, okay, there's like nutrients or dietary changes and stuff that I can do to try and get onto my hormones and the pill's not the only answer. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just knowledge is power, right? So even if, yeah. if you feel that maybe there's something not quite right, it's okay to question it and whether that's with doing your own research to begin with or seeking help from someone who can give you that answer. And that's the thing with doctors. Don't get me wrong. Western medicine, a hundred percent has its place and is very good for a lot of reasons. But when you're looking at something a little bit more deep down, it's probably quite important to look outside the realm too, because, you know, doctors are overworked, especially GPs. They're very busy. They need to get people in and out. And a lot of them, don't have the time to deep dive into these things whereas you know a natural life they're there for that like yeah I have that time to go over blood tests and look in them a little bit deeper and that's the other thing like with blood tests is uh GPs look at blood tests because they're looking for the range that's like of people that are ill where a naturopath's range is a lot lower um, probably similar to when a nutritionist looks at them um, because we want to prevent that progression of disease. So we can see if you're out of range, that already means that you're sick. So if I can see you're like just below that and in like that naturopath range, that means like you're heading towards sickness. So I want to try and fix that before that's an issue, if that makes sense. And that if that's even like iron that's affecting your period, like heavy periods a sign of that is like low iron which sounds weird but it is so um things that i have the time to review look in explain them to you as well um obviously a consult goes um an initial consult's like an hour and a half and a follow-up consult anywhere from half an hour to like 45 minutes depending on if you've got bloods or um what we're trying to treat 
Um, and I can even try and educate you a little bit because like I've got a time, like you said, GPs don't have that time um, to review all those things because they're swamped with seeing so many people um, where and for like multiple different things. Whereas a naturopath, I can specialize in something and just wholly and solely, I know the ins and out of that. So I can help educate you as well as why I'm giving you um, that particular like nutrient or herb. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know, they're dealing with people in crisis mode, like as in they're dealing with people who are sick and urgently need attention. And that's what they're focusing on because that's their primary role. They're like the front line that deals with the problem. Yeah. Whereas in yeah. like our case, we're dealing with people before it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then sometimes like, towards it. Yeah, or sometimes we can see people that are like chronically ill and they've been ill for so long that they've gone to every venture they can and then they're just desperate and so they come to us and then I'm like, okay, so when did this actually start? And it could have happened how many years ago and it's because it started with that niggling, like I was saying right at the start, like that niggling headache and then as things went along, it just like kept adding and adding on and I can see like where they've had it for that period of time as well. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're the last resort because they've tried everything else and they're like, well, I'm really at a point where I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was before I saw an actress. So, yeah. Totally normal. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So my next one is what are some simple things that people can do to look after their hormone health? Um, I feel like diet is very much something that can um, easily affect like hormones and things like that so simply like adding more fiber into your diet so um things like lsa so that's like a blended up mix that's like linseed sunflower and almonds you can buy it really cheaply from the supermarket um and sprinkling that on top of like oats and things like that so what it literally does um it helps like mop up those extra estrogens and stuff and then getting filtered out through like a bowel motion um doing other things like trying to really focus on eating like a rainbow of food. So you're getting like those B vitamins. So like B6 is really good for like your menstrual cycle. Um, But also um, like, uh, like, like making sure your gut health is right by eating the correct things will make sure that your body's filtering out those excess hormones if there is excess hormones. Um, And the other thing is looking at what you're kind of like putting on like your skin and stuff daily like um the amount of chemicals in like uh moisturizers makeup and things like that um are high in like estrogens which then affect your hormones but also exercise i find a lot of girls go hard and fast with exercise and then that puts their body in more inflammation um so definitely like girls that have got pcos so they're going to hold that middle weight in their stomach uh, will tend to go and do high intensity, like hit exercise, like F45 and things like that. And then they're like, but my weight isn't budging. And then they try and cut calories. And then I'm like, but it's actually not there. Your body's in like a state of inflammation and shock. You actually need to eat more and you need to do gentler exercise. Um, so definitely diet exercise is a really good um, place to start without me giving you information on um, any nutrients or vitamins because I don't want to tell people um to go and say, take like zinc and things like that, because then they're going to go and get like your Synovus brand or things like that. And it's not the same quality as like practitioner only, but also you don't know what dosage you need. Um, They're going to have just a general dosage where when you see a naturopath, it's a therapeutic dose. Um, So that's why I'll just mention like diet and exercise, but there's definitely other things, but that's a really good place to start. 
Yeah, of course. And like with all the podcasts, it's generalized advice too. So like this is not individualized advice. So yeah. if <laughs> after individualized advice, book in a consult. Um, exactly. So yeah. what, we're definitely giving you like small feeders of what you can do. But yeah, it's, yeah. If you, if you need individualized advice, go get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come see us. <laughs> yeah. so on that note though, come yeah. Courtney, where can people find you? Um, so you can find me, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so, uh, and I also have a website, so it's currently clnat, so, um, nat as in nat.com.au. Uh, so it's pretty much shortened down from Courtney Lloyd Naturopath. Um, and you can find me there. So I'm currently at the moment doing only Zoom consults, but in the new year, I'll be back seeing people face-to-face um, on the Gold Coast. But I see people Australia-wide from Darwin to rural New South Wales, Victoria. So I've definitely got to make sure I'm on my time schedule with all the time differences. Um, and my Instagram handle is pretty much the same as like Courtney Lead Naturopath. As soon as you type it in, I'm generally um, the first one that comes up. And is Lloyd 1L, 2L, spell it out for us just so we've all got it. Oh, sorry. That is definitely something that people get wrong. So it is double L-O-Y-D and Courtney is C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. That's another thing I get asked. Is it K since the Kardashians? And I'm like, no, I'm too old. It's S-E. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. If someone's listening right now and they want to Google it at least, they can make sure they can find you, which is always yeah. good. But even so, like if you are listening to this and you've forgotten where to find it or anything, you can always send me a message anyway and I can put you in Courtney's direction. That sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a really great chat and I'm sure everyone has learnt something. And Yeah, well, I hope so. And then thanks for having me as well. It's very nice to catch up I feel like we kind of talk about these things anyway if we do catch up and yeah, yeah, conversation in between like normal stuff but I'll definitely um have to jump on another time and chat about gut health or something oh yes for sure yeah. stay tuned well that's all we have time for today but thank you so much for tuning in for more episodes subscribe to the healthy not hungry podcast on your local podcast streaming site or follow us on socials at healthy.inspiration. That's spelt with an R-A-C-H-I-O-N. Thank you again. We hope you have a great day. Stay healthy and happy, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.